Hello, this is Sid Roth, the Jewish man that is Meshuggah, that's a Hebrew word for crazy, for Yeshua, another Hebrew word for Jesus. Actually, I shouldn't even say a Hebrew word. That was his real name, Yeshua. Jesus is just the English uh, translation of Yeshua. So the question I have for you is, who are you Meshuggah for? I like being Meshuggah for Jesus. I would not want to be Meshuggah for anything or anyone else. And I have another question for you. I want to ask you a question. And the question is, what is the end time book to the church? Now, before you say Revelation, I'll give you a clue. It's not Revelation. Again, what is the end time book to the church? I believe the end time book to the church is the book of Esther. And I'm sure if you have not heard me teach before on this subject, you didn't have a clue. This is going to be one of the most important teachings I have ever given. Why? Everything in Esther is timing. Everything in God is his timing. Everything in your life is his timing. By the way, Jewish people have two names. They have the name, uh, their Hebrew name, like my Hebrew name happens to be Israel. Then in the country that I immigrate to, I'm given a name from that country. So my name is Sydney. Same thing with Esther. Esther's name was Hadassah. Have you ever heard of Hadassah Hospital? And it actually means uh, the myrtle tree. And the myrtle tree is uh, one that has the most wonderful aroma in Israel. But when a Jewish person goes to another country, they take another name. So she took the name Esther, which comes from the Persian name Ishtar, which is means a pagan fertility goddess. I don't care too much for that name, but you know what they did? They translated this Esther back into Hebrew, and you know what the Hebrew equivalent of Esther is? Hidden. And that's what the whole book of Esther is about. It's about things that are hidden. For instance, did you know in the book of Esther, God's name is not mentioned? Not even once, but yet it is because it's hidden. It's in acrostics five different times in the book of Esther. And we're going to find out a lot of other hidden things in the book of Esther. Now, Deuteronomy 28, you, you probably know the chapter. It talks about the blessings and the curses, but it's specifically written to the Jewish people and if you are the Messiah, you are grafted in, and you're the same as Abraham's seed spiritually. But when you look at it in the natural, it actually says the blessings are for the Jewish people when they are in the land of Israel, and the curses are for the Jewish people when they're out of the land of Israel. So the greatest blessings for Israel and the world will be when Jewish people turn, return to the land of Israel. The greatest proof of God. Someone will say to you, 
How can you prove to me there's a God? Well, for starters, you can't prove to me there's not a God. (laughs) And I'd rather take the side of the fence proving there is than there's not any day. But to me, the greatest proof that there is a God is found in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35 and 36. Let me read it to you. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for a light by day, the ordinance of the moon and the stars for a light by night, who disturbs the sea and its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If those ordinances depart from before me, you know, it was the sun and moon and stars and light and seas uh, and waves. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall also cease from being a nation before me forever. So we Jews, because of sin, went in what's called the diaspora, the nations. But we still maintained ourselves as Jewish people. Who have ever heard of such a thing? We lost in 70 AD, we lost our temple, the only way under Torah Judaism you can have your sins atoned for. We lost our city, we lost our country, and we were scattered to the four corners of the earth. And worse than that, Deuteronomy 28 tells us that wherever we went, we'd be persecuted. And that's the history of the Jewish people. You would think after one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten generations of this being persecuted just because you're Jewish, every Jew on the face of this earth would change their religion, would stop being Jewish, at least for survival's sake. But no, because God said, as long as there's a sun and moon and stars, there'll be a physical Jew on the face of this earth. So to me, the greatest proof that the Bible is from God is found in a three-letter word, Jew. How did God maintain us as a distinct people? He put an instinct within every Jewish person. You'll meet a Jewish person that's not even practicing Judaism, doesn't go to the synagogue, probably identifies himself as an agnostic or maybe even an atheist. And you'll say, well, they're not interested in being Jewish. Watch. There's an instinct in every Jew. It goes like this. I was born a Jew and I will die a Jew. And this instinct comes from God. That's what has kept us as a distinct people. Now, Esther was a type of the church, a type of the Gentile church. I want you to see yourself as Esther. Esther was young. You may be older, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm older, and I believe, I literally believe I'm getting younger. But in God's sight, I am a young man. I have to tell you, on the inside, I feel like a young man. Esther is beautiful. You may look at the pimples on your face, but in God's sight, Esther, church, you are beautiful. If you could only see yourself the way God sees you. Esther walked in favor. I like walking in favor. The church walks in favor. Esther was an orphan, a no people that was grafted into royalty. (laughs) 
church, do you know, I know people that were grafted into royalty, the Gentile believers. Esther did one other thing. She hid her Jewish connection. No one knew that she was connected to the Jewish people. No one knew she was grafted into the seed of Abraham spiritually. And uh, one more thing about Esther. Esther was so loved by God. Here, let me read this to you in Esther 2.17. And the king loved Esther more than any of the other young women. The truth is, every the least member of the church, that's a true statement, boy. That's a true statement for you. You are loved more than any other because God's so big, he can do that. I can't do that. You can't do that. But God can do that. You are loved more than any other. And there was one more trait about Esther. Esther moved in instant obedience. Now, how could she hear so clearly? How, most Christians don't hear God so clearly. How could she hear so clearly? Because Esther soaked in myrrh. Now, myrrh is bitter on the outside, but sweet on the inside. She soaked six months in oil of myrrh and six months in perfume for a whole year. And as she soaked, she began to smell more like Jesus than like her old nature. But it took a time of soaking before God. And that's why it's so important to put anointed music on and soak before God, just as Esther did. That reminds me of the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Five had plenty of oil. Why? They were soaking in the Spirit of God. They were worshiping God all the time. They were reading the Bible. They were only saying things that are good and pure and lovely of good and good report. They were only looking at the good things in life. And they, what they were taking in were not the bad things. They were taking the good things out. So instant in, instant out. What came out was changing the world around them. That's why Esther Church, you can hear so clearly. Now, Mordecai, that's Esther's cousin that really raised him, refused to bow to one man. Let me read this to you, Esther 3, 2. All the king's officials would bow down before Haman to show him respect whenever he passed by, for so the king had commanded. But Mordecai refused to bow down and show him respect. Well, this Haman is a type of the devil, uh, and Mordecai, being a Jew, would not bow down to a man. We only bow to God. And Mordecai was just being Jewish. And then there's the money. You see, today, a lot of decisions are made in our administration in politics over money. Well, in the kingdom uh, of, actually, it was uh, Iran, or called Persia, but that was the old name for Iran. Uh, it says in Esther 3, 9, and 10, if it pleases the king, and this is Haman speaking, 
issue a decree that they, the Jews, be destroyed, and I will give 10,000 large sacks of silver to the government administrators to be deposited in the royal treasury. The king agreed, confirming his decision by removing his signet ring from his finger and giving it to Haman. Does that sound familiar to you? Well, this is what literally happened in the Garden of Eden. Through deception, the devil got the authority. That's what the signet ring is the authority in the kingdom. And we needed a hero to get the authority back. Our hero happens to be Jesus. And they found out that the, the request of Haman was to murder every Jewish person. You know, if one Jewish man didn't bow before a Haman type, why would you want to murder every Jew? In fact, it gets even stronger than that. Let me read you Esther 3.13. Dispatches were sent by swift messengers into all the provinces of the empire, giving the order that all Jews, young and old, including women and children, must be killed, slaughtered, and annihilated on a single day. This was scheduled to happen on March 7th of the next year. The property of the Jews would be given to those who killed them, and that's what happened throughout history. People, even people that called themselves Christians, killed Jewish people, and they were given the money. Now, without Esther or the church, because I'd said Esther is a type of the church, all the Jewish people would die. Now, Esther's first plan, and maybe, unfortunately, the church's first plan is the same as Esther's. She wanted to give humanitarian aid because what she found out is her Mordecai, the one that raised her, was in ashes and sackcloth, and he didn't have clothing. So she took up a collection and brought him some clothing. Well, Millions of dollars are being poured into Jewish humanitarian work, and rightfully so. And believers are praying and fasting for Israel, and rightfully so. But Suzette Hatting, that's the lead intercessor for Reinhard Bunke, had this quote, and I've changed it just a little bit. I've added humanitarian aid. This is uh, Suzette's quote, prayer or humanitarian aid without evangelism is an arrow shot nowhere. Let me read that again. That's so significant. Prayer or humanitarian aid without evangelism is an arrow shot nowhere. Most people don't know this, but there is a God-given call for every Gentile believer in Jesus. Esther. I'm going to start calling you Esther, church. And that God-given call is found in Romans 11, 11. Salvation has come to the Gentile to provoke the Jew to jealousy. The job of the Jewish believer is found in John 4:22. If the job of the Gentile believer is to provoke the Jew to jealousy or evangelize the Jew in writing, the job of the Jewish believer, John 4.22, salvation is of the Jews. Now, many people think, well, perhaps the Jews lost their calling. 
uh, because they, so many rejected the Messiah. Well, Romans eleven twenty nine says the opposite. The gifts and calling of God, it's talking about the Jewish people there, is irrevocable. And by the way, if the Jews do their job and reach the Gentiles, and the Gentile Christians do their job and reach the Jews, guess what? Jews and Gentiles mean we reach the whole world. Oh, God, you're so brilliant. Esther 4.14 says that we are headed to the church's greatest hour. This is what Mordecai said to Esther when she was living in the king's palace and very taken care of, and no one knew about her Jewish connection. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Church, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm reminded in Israel in the Arab sections, it's written on the buildings, you know, the graffiti. First, we kill the Saturday people, then the Sunday people. Now, Esther, if she went to the king, could die. Because if you went to the king and he hadn't requested you come, the punishment was death. And the king had not requested for Esther to come into his presence in over 30 days. And Esther knew that disobedience was punishable by death. She remembered maybe not death. Well, it could have been death in that case. But she remembered the last queen, Vashti. Uh, and, and Vashti, she was banished forever from being queen, from having anything to do with the king. So Esther had to take her life in her hands to go to the king. And she said, well, if I die, I am die. I will go in, let me read this exactly to you, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. Church, Esther chose the path of God to spare the Jewish people. And when Esther went to the king, there was a scepter in the hand of the king. Esther 5.2 will pick up there when I come back. Because Esther now receives favor up to half of the kingdom. Guess what, Esther? Church, you're about ready to see, receive favor. Not up to half of the kingdom. All things are yours. All of the kingdom. I'm making available my brand new book. It's titled Sooner Than You Think. It's based on a dream I had from God in which God says, I'm coming back soon. Three times to me, I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. And some of the best end-time teachers that I've interviewed, I've put in the book, for instance, Bill uh, Salas in Inevitable Conflicts, 
looks at the last wars before Jesus returns, and we're about ready to bump into them right now. Perry Stone writes a chapter titled, The Messiah Comes, exploring the significance of the Jewish feasts in connection with the first and second coming of Messiah. Perry returns in another chapter, Revelation about Revelation, that delves deeply into how we should look at the book of Revelation. Jim Richards tells us how to prosper in the last days, describing God's plan for you to thrive, even if there is the financial collapse. You see, and we we have specialists in each in the pre-trib rapture, the mid-trib rapture, the post-trib rapture, saying why they believe it's true. Here is the truth. No one has it clear. We look through a window dimly, but the closer we get to the return of Jesus, the clearer things will be. I do not want you to hold on on another man's vision uh, for the end times that is being taught as gospel, and it is not gospel. But if you have all these pieces of the puzzle together, as things unfold prophetically, you're going to be able to understand the end times. You're going to be like Esther. You're going to be able to hear the voice of God so clearly because you have soaked in the perfumes of the Holy Spirit. We're making the book and a CD teaching on the book of Esther and a special bookmark on what I call the end time psalm to the church, Psalm 91, for investment of $25. Call our order only line, one 800 447 2697. 1-800-447-2697. So Mordecai was really a type of an intercessor. And Mordecai, because of his intercession, came to Esther and he said, Esther, if you don't stand up for the Jewish people, God will raise deliverance from another source. So Esther said, I need not just you being an intercessor, I need all the Jewish people to be intercessors. Three days, I want you to, to fast and pray and, be, and intercede for me, and I'm going to go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. And she knew that was potentially life-threatening for her, but she went to the king anyway, and it was certain death if the king hadn't asked her to come. But the king looked at her, and there was such beauty on her. And Esther, church, there's such beauty on you. If you only could comprehend, stop looking at yourself the way people have made you. Stop looking at yourself the way the mirror shows you. You start looking at yourself as a daughter and as a son of the living God with God himself inside of you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? And Esther found the secret of, of the king's heart, because this is what it says in Esther 5, 2. You see, the secret of the king, of God, not the king of Persia and Iran, the secret to the king of God has to do in the last of the last days at the set time to favor Zion with saving the Jewish people. So Esther 5, 2, 3 says, when he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, when the king saw this, he welcomed her. And he held out the golden scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. Then the king asked her, what do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? 
I will give it to you, even if it is half of my kingdom. And if you can just touch the scepter of the king, of kings, anything you want is yours. All things are yours. But you must be on the right side of God in reference to the Jew in Israel. If you're on the wrong side of God, I tell you, your sin will just keep spiraling and spiraling until it gets so big that there's, there's going to be no point of return. This is prophetic crunch time, as Perry Stone told me in a recent interview. Anti-Semitism is moving as high as it was at this point just as Hitler got it started in Germany. You've read the stories of what's going on in Paris, the magazine publisher, the kosher grocery market. Did you know that in France there's 500,000 Jewish people? I recently saw on the news a Jewish reporter, a non-believer in Jesus, went with a hidden camera into the Muslim areas of Paris. And this wasn't into radical Muslims. This was into normal Muslims in Paris. People were cursing at him, spitting at him, saying outrageous things to him. It's not just radical Islam in France. In, in Ukraine, there are some 250,000 Jews. I think much more than that. That's what, what the, the records show. Now, the leader of the pro-Russian army said in a recent headline, the Ukraine is run by miserable Jews. So who is he blaming? Who are the Muslims in France blaming? Who, who, who are the Russians in Ukraine blaming the Jewish people? Look at this headline in Great Britain. We're, it's the Jews. We're leaving Britain. Jews aren't safe here anymore. The same thing that is happening in Europe, I know, is a preview of what the devil wants to happen in the United States. Even the prime minister of Israel, Netanyahu, said, and I quote, the only safe place for European Jews is Israel. And I agree with that. Esther had two banquets. I've always pondered about that. Why, why did she not tell the king at the first banquet who she was? And God gave me a revelation. You see, we Jewish people, as I told you, were called to evangel, to be a light to the nations, to evangelize the Gentiles. The Jewish people didn't accomplish our original destiny at the first coming. Esther, when she went to the king to save the Jewish people, didn't accomplish her destiny. So she scheduled a second banquet. And just before the return of Jesus, Paul can't contain himself in his excitement. In Romans eleven twelve, it says, now if there, that's the Jewish people's fall, is riches for the world. In other words, the Gentiles were grafted in and their failure riches for the Gentiles how much more their fullness. You see what Paul is saying? The Jewish people are ready to fulfill their destiny. Esther went to that second banquet 
and told the king she was connected to the Jewish people and shortly all of her people and her were going to be murdered. And I'm telling you, the Jewish people are about ready to fulfill their destiny. What is our destiny? (laughs) Our destiny is to evangelize the world. Well, I'll get a little more into that in a few minutes. But even Haman's wife knew about Genesis 12:3, in which God says, I, God, will bless those who bless the Jewish people and curse those who curse them. In Esther 6:13, Haman's wife, Suresh, said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. Obadiah 115 says the same thing. As you have done to Israel, so it will be done to you. Haman had that ring of authority, and he sealed the king's order to kill every Jew alive in that kingdom. And the law could not be changed, except if there was a higher law. And the higher law is found in Esther 9.5. Thus the Jews defeated all their enemies with the stroke of the sword. What do we know the sword is symbolic of? The word of God. When the Jews were equipped with the word of God, we were able to defeat our enemies. But what, here's what happened when Esther, when the church equipped the Jews with the word of God, with the sword Gentile revival broke out in the land. Do you get that? Here, take a look at it. Esther 8.17. Then many of the people of the land became Jews. It's called the law of evangelism. When you reach out to spare the Jewish people, revival breaks out in the land. In Amos 9.13, it describes the greatest revival in history, one that has never occurred, one that is about ready to occur right at this moment. It's the restoration of the tabernacle of David. The word tabernacle in the Hebrew means house or family. The restoration of the family of David. Who is the family of David? The Jewish people. And this is what it says in Amos 9.13. The time will come, says the Lord. That's when the Jewish people are restored. Restored to who? Restored to God. The restoration of the family of David. Restored to God. The time will come, says the Lord, when the grain and grapes will grow faster than they can be harvested. Have you ever seen a harvest like that? In other words, there'll be people waiting in line to get saved. I mean, get that picture inside of you. People waiting in line to be saved. I, I just had lunch t- uh, t- uh, today. I don't know what time this, this you're listening to it, but I just had lunch this day. And I'm seeing a man with a kippur, a yarmulke on his head. And I walk up to him and I said, uh, are, you, are you obviously a religious? You're wearing a kippur. And we had a nice little dialogue. And then I said, I want you to help me out. And I told him about Isaiah 53. And I told him about Jeremiah 31, 31, the new covenant. And I, and I said, have you ever heard that before? He said, no, never. 
And then I said, I wrote a book. If you'll walk me to my car, I'll get it out of the trunk. They thought for themselves. And I gave him that book. And then he took my number and he wants to call me after he finishes reading the book. And I have to tell you, he would, and then he started telling me uh, that he, he had died on the operating table and he came back to life and the doctors were amazed. And I said, well, I know why you came back to life. Oh, I'm just telling you that's a foretaste. There are going to be Jewish people and Gentile people waiting in line to be saved. <laughs> are you ready, Esther? And then this is a pretty interesting point. It says that... Haman built a gallows for Mordecai to hang him on. You know what the devil did? The devil did a similar thing. He thought that he could get the ring of authority from Adam and Eve and get their authority. But it ended up messing the devil up. It ended up messing Haman up. Esther 7.10. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that they had prepared for Mordecai. Here's the mystery in 1 Corinthians 2, 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they not, would never have crucified the Lord of glory. Had Haman known, he never would have built, built a, a, a 72-foot pole uh, to crucify uh, uh, Mordecai on because that's what happened to Haman. And by the way, it gets a really end time when you realize that not only was Haman a type of the devil, but his 10 sons were also hung on the tree. Revelations 12.3 says there's a dragon, that's the devil, with what, how many horns? Ten horns. How many sons did Haman have? It's not a coincidence. Ten sons. And then it says the dragon made war with the Jewish people. So you see, I just, you can see why I say this is the end time book to the church, Esther. Now, then the ring of authority that Haman had, the ring of authority that the devil had, this is what happened to it in Esther 8 too. So the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and he gave it to Mordecai. That ring of authority now Jesus has that the devil had. The devil doesn't have that ring of authority, Esther, anymore. And he has delegated that authority to me. He's delegated that authority to you. Because we are in the set time to favor Zion. We're at the time when the judgment of blindness, the righteous judgment of blindness, has come off of the eyes of Jewish people. How do I know that? Because there's something called the fullness of the Gentiles. It's mentioned in Luke 21, 24 and Romans 11, 25. It says, Jerusalem will be trodden down by the Gentiles until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. 1967, Jerusalem in Jewish possession. That's the first clue that the blindness is over. The second clue, Romans 11.25, partial blindness has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in. Did you hear about the outreaches I've had in Israel recently? 
525 Jewish people in Jerusalem stand up and boldly proclaim Jesus is the Messiah? Do you know what's going on in Ukraine right now? We have a booklet. It's a, it's a witness booklet called Eyewitness, The Last Day on Earth. 10,000 have been printed in the Ukrainian language, distributed door-to-door in Jewish neighborhoods. Did you know we have 300,000 mini versions of this printed in a newspaper that's being distributed right now, and they plan this year alone to have a million of these newspapers distributed? Did you know that, I can't explain exactly how, but the soldiers that are up against the Russian army, uh, 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 the Ukrainian soldiers are being given these booklets on, on, uh, that are th- the most evangelistic booklets I've ever designed. You know the book they thought for themselves, the 10 Jewish Testimonies? We printed it in Russian, and we distributed it to 190,000 Russian Jews in Germany. Did you know in North America we have mil- mailed 1.5 million of these evangelistic books to Jewish people? We've seeded America. I see America's not worst hour, finest hour about ready to happen. Can you picture what's going to happen with these Jewish evangelists when they get turned on uh, and, and have encounters with God? And uh, By the way, we have 1.4 million of these evangelistic books distributed throughout Russia. It's supernatural. We're on television in the Ukrainian language 14 times a week, and by the way, on secular TV. We're on Spanish now in North and South America. It's supernatural television. The former Soviet Union, we're on five times a week. I'm told it's the most popular show throughout former Soviet Union. Why? Because Jews are fascinated with the supernatural. In Israel, we're on 33 times a week secular and Christian television in Hebrew and Russian and English and even Arabic. We just went on a new station in in Hebrew, which blankets Europe, Israel, North and South America. Jews that have left Israel now can hear it. uh, It's supernatural uh, in in Hebrew. And we just went on the former BBC station. It covers all of Great Britain with its supernatural. God is up to something. And I heard a story from a woman that was eyewitness of this story. She's a friend of mine. And this is what she told me. I'll tell you what. When I come back, I'm going to tell you what she told me. But we're making available this week my brand new book, Sooner Than You Think, A Prophetic Guide to the End Times, in which I've been interviewing people on the end times for years and years, and I took the best of the best. And you say, Sid, why did you put a a pre-tribulation rapture, mid-trib, post-trib in the book? It's because the truth of the matter is no one understands everything perfectly. But we're in a time in which Daniel says that information will explode, and that is revelation information. And I believe that when you get all of these chapters in this book, the best of the best. I mean, I even talked to the top uh, pre-trib teachers, the top in the world. I spoke to him. And you know what he told me behind closed doors? I said, how do you know for sure? He said, because it makes the most sense. And I thought, 
You're teaching this as gospel because it makes the most sense? I believe that no one understands it. Now, don't you hear me wrong. I'm not taking a position. I am just showing you the best of the best. And as things unfold prophetically, I believe from this book, it will be a prophetic guide for you for the end times. I talked about in the Benny Hinn show uh, and uh, Susanna Hinn. Uh, Betty's wife wanted the book so bad, my associate who was with me gave my only copy to her. But we're making this book and my teaching on Esther available for an investment of $25. And anything beyond $25 that you give us at this set time to favor Zion is going to be poured into Jewish ministry. I have a new outreach that's about ready to happen. I'll tell you after it happens. But I Money that you give will be poured into reaching Jewish souls. Again, for an investment of $25, I want to send you the book and the CD and a special bookmark on the end time psalm for the church, Psalm 91, for an investment of $25. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. Many years ago, I met a woman. Uh, her name is Penny. And she speaks for uh, the rights of the unborn children in the womb. They're being murdered through abortion. And she, she was speaking at a rally. And an elderly man walked up to her and said, Can I tell you a story? And she said, Sure. And he said, when I was a young boy, Hitler was in power. And I would go to church every Sunday. And our church was located right next to train tracks. And every Sunday, sure enough, the train would go by. And then we began to hear some very strange things happening from that train. They were screaming and saying, help, help, help. And you know what the pastor told us? Sing a little louder. They stuffed their ears. They did not want to hear that the Jews were going to be destroyed. And so I've lived with that memory all of these years. Those were the trains taking the Jews to the gas chambers to be killed. I think about it every night. And then I think about the movie, Schindler's List. Did you see that? Do you remember the line that uh, Oscar Schindler said? I could have gotten one more person, and I didn't. And I didn't. I have to tell you, that's the way I feel right now. And that's the way I want you to feel. And that's the way the heart of God feels right now. I have a vision, and my vision is a Jewish express. And we are at the time of the second banquet right now, where the Jews are ready to be saved, just like Esther went to the second banquet with the king and requested that the Jews be saved. The tracks are being laid all over the world at this moment. But it's a race for this Jewish Express. This Jewish Express is going to be filled 
with Jewish people that have just accepted Jesus. This train is going all over the world because the Jews have been spread to the four corners of the earth. And every Jewish person that gets on will be one that is saved. And your investment is going to buy tickets for Jewish people to board the Jewish Express. And I'm going to tell you something else. You are about ready to bump into what I've been walking in for the last several years. It's called Ridiculous Esther Favor. Why are you going to walk in this ridiculous Esther favor? Read it in Esther chapter 10, verse 3. In the New American Standard Version, it says, For Mordecai the Jew was second only to King Ahasuerus, and great among the Jews, great among the Jews, and in favor with his many kinsmen. And then it tells us why. He sought the good of his people. So I say to you, what is the maximum good you can do for a Jewish person? Is it humanitarian work? Yes, that'll help in this life, and God will bless you for it. Is it praying for the Jewish people? Yes, that will help you in this life, and God will bless it for you. Or is it what God says, Proverbs 11.30? He who wins souls is wise. The window, or the set time to favor Zion, or the second banquet, is now. Proverbs 10.5 says, He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. You know the major reason the devil is trying to kill all those Jewish people right now? Because he knows about Isaiah 27, 6 in King James. The Jewish evangelists are about ready to fill the earth with fruit. This is what it says. He shall, this is God. God shall cause them that come of Jacob to take root, and Israel shall blossom and bud and fill the face of the world with fruit. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what does. And as the Jewish people fill the world with fruit, remember the call of the Jew is to reach the Gentile. And we did a pretty good job 2,000 years ago, but we didn't do the complete job. But the job of the Gentile is to provoke the Jew to jealousy, to reach the Jew. And I have to tell you, when you give money to our ministry, it's an investment. It's an investment in souls. And we give you tools, tools so that you can be all that God's called you to be. Tools so that you can operate in the supernatural. Why? The Bible says the Jew requires a sign. The Bible says... Esther, you've been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. It says, this is the set time to favor Zion. And I'm going to tell you something else. Jewish people are so hungry for the supernatural. The devil is like a pied piper in the new age, in the occult, and they're going into it in droves. But the spiritual scales are removed. The judgment is finished. 
We are at the fullness of the Gentile age. Jesus is coming back soon. And any profits we make from you ordering the book sooner than you think and the CD on the book of Esther for an investment of $25, any profits we make or any amount of money you put beyond the 25 and I can tell you whatever you put in, we can use. Doors are opening. If you can put in 250, if you can put in 2,500, you can put in 25,000. I'll stop there, but God hasn't stopped there. I mean, a day is coming in which the only thing that will be spent will be souls. And when you get to heaven, when I get to heaven, you know, I'm reminded of, it's kind of a funny story, but uh, I'm, I'm reminded of, uh, I did a New Age festival in Israel, and it, it really went bad. I mean, really bad. I had someone that was heckling me in the front row, and I felt I did a bad job. And so I and it had been raining, and it was a standing in the mud, and a couple of people were dance were, were were swimming in the nude in the water behind us. You know, it was a real New Age festival, and I and and then there were a few other things I won't talk about. But I had such a hard time. I went home and I felt miserable. A year later, I go back to Israel, and someone said, "Do you remember the new?" age festival you did, Sid? I said, yeah, I remember. They said, well, one of the leading Messianic Jewish evangelists got saved at that festival. I had no idea. I have no idea how much—almost five million of the books they thought for themselves have been distributed to Jewish people throughout the world. But we're coming into the finest hour because now the spiritual scales are removed. And so when you get the book sooner than you think, you're going to be blessed. And I'll tell you why. The best teachers of end times, it's called a subtitle, Prophetic Guide to the End Times, I've put in this book. And as when you read this entire book, you will not lose your faith when things don't happen exactly the way it's been told to you. Because the truth is, no one totally understands it, but all the ingredients are in this book. So I can't wait to get this into your hands. And now I want to tell you about the end time psalm to Esther, to the church, Psalm 91. And I am going to include a bookmark with every book that you receive. And this bookmark is Psalm 91 personalized from the Living Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care what happens. If you say and believe this psalm out loud every day, this is what God promises. I live and personalize it, and that's what I've done. And you'll be able to read it. You'll just be, take this bookmark and read it out loud every day for yourself and your family. I live in the shelter of the Most High. I find rest in your shadow. This I declare about you. You alone are my refuge, my place of safety. You are my God, and I trust you, for you will rescue me from every trap and protect me from every deadly disease. You will cover me with your feathers. You will shelter me with your wings. Your faithful promises are my armor and protection. I'm not afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. I do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disease that strikes at midday, though a thousand fall at my side. Though 10,000 are dying around me, these evils will not even touch me. 
As I open my eyes, I see how the wicked are punished. No evil will conquer me. No plague. (laughs) They're talking about these end-time diseases and everything. No plague will come near my home. For you will order your angels to protect me wherever I go. Do you know there is a whole unit in a war and combat zone, and every member of the unit said this prayer out loud? And not one was injured, but all around them people were injured. For you will order your angels to protect me wherever I go. They will hold me up with their hands so I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. I will trample upon lions and cobras. I will crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet. You declare that you will rescue me because you love me. You protect me because I trust in your name. When I call on you, you will answer. You will be with me in trouble. You will rescue and honor me. You will reward me with a long life. And I thank you for your salvation. And now I'm going to pray a supernatural prayer over you. This is a prayer that I've prayed over many people. And God has changed their heart. It's called the Esther anointing. Are you ready to receive it? I can tell you the presence of God is trembling throughout my body right now. I pray in Yeshua's name that everyone that is opening their heart right now to receive will receive the Esther anointing. They will realize they have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray you will give them your heart, your compassion for their Jewish neighbors and Jewish doctors and Jewish merchants and Jewish schoolmates and Jewish business associates. I pray, Father God, that Jewish people will walk up to them and say, I feel something wonderful radiating from you. What is that? Why do you love Jewish people so much? I pray in Yeshua's name that everyone that has ever said something anti-Jewish, anti-Semitic would repent right now, tell God you're sorry, ask Jesus to forgive you. I pray, Father God, that everyone that receives this anointing will take part in filling up the Jewish Express. We will never listen again to the train going to the gas chamber screaming for mercy. Because, Father God, that Jewish Express is ready now. This is the time of the second banquet. This is the fullness of the Gentile age. Jewish people are going to be one to the Lord. And these Jewish people will be like modern-day Paul the Apostles, which will go to the four corners and do a quick quick work, do a fast work quickly. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And people are being healed right now. People's, someone has a finger and it hurts you when you bend it. Maybe it's arthritis. Maybe you fell and hurt it. But you are being healed in Jesus' name. Backs and necks are being healed. 
pain of all kinds is leaving. Someone with a tennis elbow, you're being healed right now. The backs, it's so strong. Just test your back and your neck. You'll see that pain is totally gone. Hips are being repaired right now. Knees are being repaired right now. Uh, 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 eyes are being healed. I even see an oriental person. You, you can take it even if you're not oriental. But as I'm touching your eyes, they're being healed in Jesus' name. And I pray in Jesus' name that you make that investment in the book sooner than you think. Get the bookmark and get the uh, uh, CD teaching on the book of Esther and hold your head up high, Esther. Hold your head up high, church. You're walking in extraordinary favor. To place a credit card order for today's offer, call anytime at 1-800-447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or log on to our website at www.sidroth.org. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Discover how you can begin watching for free our 24-hour, 7-day-a-week TV network, ISN, the It's Supernatural Network. You can write me at Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. That's Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.